You are listening to The Whole Half with Anna the Holy Banana. My goal is to keep it real by sharing it all and holding space for others to do the same. All right, welcome to the podcast. Today I have... Um, a guest joining me and we're sharing this podcast back and forth for her podcast as well. So this is kind of like a dual episode for the both of us. But my friend Sarah is um, someone I met in within this community that I joined a couple years back. If you've ever heard of Kalor Betts, he's a fireball firecracker. Um, I joined his Mental Wealth Academy a couple years ago, and then in turn joined his business academy. And I met Sarah through that, getting into the group sessions, meeting um, in his community. And she is a rock star helping um, people hone in on their nutrition and learn how to find freedom in all of that again. So I'm still getting to know her myself, and I'm thrilled about this connection. And she agreed to come onto the podcast. And so we're kind of making this a, a dual episode for our shows, which I'm super stoked about. So Thank you, Sarah, for agreeing to do this with me, <laughs> and welcome to my podcast, um, The Whole Half, and I look forward to exploring topics that come up for us naturally, and I'd love for you to kind of expand off of that and give yourself a little intro beyond that, because I'm sure I missed so much. <laughs> well, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I'm excited to see where the conversation goes, because we've spoken, obviously, offline, and, you know, it's... I think we have a lot in common. I don't know if you know that, but I've done my yoga training in India about 10 years ago. I didn't um, know this. That's amazing. Yeah. See, we're getting to know each other already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think we have a lot in common that we haven't even brushed the surface of quite yet. So no. maybe this will be the first of many episodes too. Who knows? So yeah. um, where do I start? So essentially I'm a holistic nutrition coach. I coach females. I've coached males in the past, but I find that I resonate more with females. So that's my area of focus now. Um, And really what I do in a nutshell is I eat women, eat more, eat better foods, build muscle and heal their relationship with food and love their body because I, I think this is what is most needed with that demographic. Um, I, I tend to coach females in my age group more so than younger females. So I'm 39, but I have coached younger and older women. Uh, I don't have, you know, like a, a cutoff where I yeah someone, but that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. Um, I'm a big advocate of protein, quality protein, animal protein, and uh, whole foods essentially and the rest is kind of you know dealer's choice I really like to work with every person to figure out what works best for them and you know in an ideal world I would like everyone to just not eat ultra processed foods and just eat 100% whole foods but what I realized after years and years of coaching is that's not necessarily realistic and Mm -hmm. You know, although that is something that I don't have a hard time with myself because I don't miss the Pop-Tarts and the muffins, some people have a harder time than me. And and I've had to come to that realization that for some people, it's going to be 80-20 and that's fine. Yeah. 
everyone's definition of, you know, their, their best personal diet for their best quality of life at one time is not going to be the same. So I, I do have a more flexible mindset than I used to. Yeah. Yeah, That's That's so, (laughs) no, that's so true because I mean, I, I, I know what you mean. We're like, we have almost, we've stumbled upon this for ourselves and we obviously practice what we preach for ourselves and we take it to the degree that we choose to, but not everyone that I come across or work with, or I'm sure you come across or work with is in it to do a hundred percent amazing. And even we, like, I can't say that I do a hundred percent all the time. Like I find balance. There are days when I don't necessarily track how much protein I'm eating or, um, recognize I I don't even think about it I just enjoy that day for example like birthdays or like going out to eat on holidays and stuff which is an amazing freedom that has taken time to get to (laughs) um I mean you know I mean actually one of the reasons that Sarah and I um have gotten to know each other a little bit is because a couple months ago I reached out to her as someone needing support because I was in and I've talked about this a little bit in my podcast I went through kind of like a regression in my recovery. And I think that that can happen. And there's a stereotype around that, or I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> I mean, stereo, what is it? Stigma. An expectation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stigma around it where it's like, oh, we can't talk about that. Like you've gone through your healing and um, now you're healed. That's yeah, it. you're healed. That's, <laughs> oh my God. No, it's a lifelong journey. So that actually although we connected in that community, that's another reason why we've gotten to know each other a little bit more because I opened up to her and I was like, I need help. And I got on a call with her and she, she helped mentor me through that moment in time where I was just like, I was lost. Um, and I think that it's important to recognize that there are ups and downs in healing your relationship with food, whether your quote end point, even though there's never really an end point where you're comfortable with it is an 80 20 or a 90 10 or whatever it is mm-hmm. accepting that there are ups and downs in the process I mean I know I've experienced them and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure you have as well it in that what would you say brought you onto this path of being passionate about nutrition not only for yourself but for other people and supporting your clients mm, um pain <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. one makes us do a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think for um so for anyone to really like come into the world with a true mission, there has to be a little bit of that to a degree. And um yeah, for me it, it was a, a mixture of physical pain, physical symptoms that kept manifesting over and over and over again, despite me trying a million different protocols over time. Um, And also emotional pain, the emotional pain of not feeling comfortable or at peace in my body. And, you know, I would be lying if I said I have this 100% figured out every single day, because that's simply not true. Yeah. I think it's also important for the listener to understand that because sometimes we listen to people that we think have more knowledge than us and are further ahead 
than us on their journey. And we tend to idealize them and think that they have it all figured out when nobody does, you know, we're all just humans doing our best. And yeah, you just, you keep trying to sort it out really. And you just try to love yourself as much as, much as possible in the process. Yeah, uh, yeah it really is an Yeah, I, I like that you bring that up because we do eat, idealize. I mean, how many people have we scrolled through? And I, I know that when I first started Instagram, started Instagram, like I started doing drugs or something, honestly, a little bit. But um, when I started Instagram back in, God, high school, I guess. I, it wasn't really, I, it was just, I just had an account. I was just a high school student that was posting photos, the typical like prom, homecoming events in my life. But um, back then, the beginning of my Instagram experience was seeing people that maybe like had crazy transformations, or they were so strong, or they were talking about areas like this, like exercise, and nutrition, or whatever have you. Um, and you idealize them without even realizing that you're doing it. And I think that's why I've, there was one girl, and I'm sure that you can probably think of a couple that were mm-hmm. instrumental in your mindset with it too. For me, her name was Healthy Happy Hannah. And she mm-hmm. talked about um, eating disorder recovery so transparently. She never made it look like she was perfect. She would disclose when she would have tough days. I mean, she was the first person that broke that magic that Instagram seemed to have where like everyone on here is quote perfect. And I appreciated her being in that space so much. And she actually quit Instagram a handful of years ago and moved out to California and was like, I'm out. And I was devastated because of her, like her um, presence in this space was just such a positive one for me. But I think people like that and you, and I love your content. It's so real and right. If you don't follow Sarah, you have to go follow her. You're Sarah Bouchard Nutrition, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes too but people like that who share not just the good parts but also the parts that are tough and painful I think that that's so important at least it has been in my experience has it yeah. been similar for you to yeah. getting to this yeah. point yeah totally and I think to be honest like I've just started so I, I did my nutrition course just to give everyone a little bit of a backstory mm-hmm. almost a decade ago and you know, I've been coaching on and off almost ever since, but I stopped multiple times and I just started again four months ago, five months ago. And the reason why I stopped was largely because I felt like I was a fraud because I wasn't perfect because I still had days where I didn't feel good, where I I still had days where I felt chubby, where I had self, you know, body image issues or, I didn't feel 100% full of energy or whatever the expectation was, I wasn't there 100% of the time. And so I felt like, who am I to coach women if I don't even have it figured out? And, you know, it couldn't be further away from the truth, as I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It qualifies you all the more. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And I think I've been trying to lean more into 
that, like being okay with not being perfect. And, and also understanding that I've had a lot of valuable lessons that can be helpful to a lot of women, right? And along each step of my personal journey, there's going to be things that I can offer other people. And this is how we just, we, and I say we, the collective, you know, move forward and become better and stronger as we share our struggles and we help the other person that hasn't learned that lesson yet. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're better, or, you know, on a pedestal. It just means you've had different journeys. That's all. Yeah, no. And it's kind of like if a car mechanic were to try to teach nutrition, like they're not putting it into practice at all. Like I think there, it says a lot about someone who is leading and guiding and coaching as someone who is practicing what they preach and sharing, like you said, the lessons they learn along the way, they're so valuable. Cause if we can, can you imagine if someone were going before us and they were walking the same journey as us, same meaning, you know, like <laughs> same big, <laughs> big landmarks. We all of our experiences are different, of course, but yeah. um, if they're walking forward and they see a big gully in the middle of the trail, wouldn't you appreciate it if they turned it around and told you that instead of you just like walking into it and like falling through it the way they did be like oh yeah there's a gully when you meet at the bottom like no like let's share our experience and I understand the imposter syndrome so much I the the relationship that I was in um didn't help with that because there were people around me that would regularly tell me they were concerned for me. They were worried I was doing more harm than good. That one really got me that they were actually concerned that I was doing more harm than good for young people um, looking up to me in that like ideal image way. Um, Like I had it all figured out and that was tough because I always felt like I tried to be authentic. Um, And when that imposter syndrome creeps in, it's really hard to, get to creep out it just kind of creeps in and hunkers down um so that one's really tough I'm curious how did you navigate obviously you came through it and you're coaching again but like what were those big things that helped you overcome that imposter syndrome so I didn't come through it because I still deal with that every single day Mm -hmm. every day Every day that I start something new on my coaching business, I think, am I capable? Am I smart enough? Can I do this? Are people going to think X, Y, and Z? And, you know, I'd love to say I don't care what people think, but I do. Like, I'm human. I, I, I do care what the people that I try to help or, you know, the people that I love and respect think of my work of course I do I want to I want to have a tribe right and so to a degree obviously I, I not in that same way that I did when I was a young woman who was very insecure but I still can't say that I don't care so I I deal with that kind of doubt regularly um, and you know, you would know just as much as me that our business coach keeps telling us, you know, like that doesn't go away. You just have to keep moving and you you do it anyway. That's courage. Yeah. Feel That's the fear it, and do it anyway. 
<laughs> and it's such yeah. a cliche. It's, it, you know, people say that a lot, but, you know, I've never felt so proud of myself my entire life. And I could cry just talking about this because the reason for that is I've done stuff that I was afraid of for the past X amount of months, like every single day. Yeah. You know, I'm never going to not feel like an imposter. I don't think maybe I will, but I think I always want to push a little bit further to have a mission that's even deeper and that reaches more people. And, you know, downstream of that is the inevitable fact that I'm always going to be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just what it is. I love that. I feel like we're getting at this underlying unsaid <laughs> foundation of, because I, f- I feel you, I'm, I'm not immune to imposter syndrome. Almost every time I, well, I can't, I guess I can't say almost every time I have gotten to a point where, although I care what people think, like I can laugh when it's almost like comically critical. Like yeah. I understand constructive criticism but like I just had a reel go viral and some of the comments that came through on it were just like comical like thinking you know and I I was amazed to see myself in that reaction when maybe like a year ago I would probably be crying on a couch if I had seen that same reaction and it is I think it's like this muscle um, but underlying it which I think that your answer to like what helped you overcome that imposter syndrome your answer of like I'm still facing it is so real and I love that because it's true it doesn't just go away there's still it's still there in all of us at certain times Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that there's this underlying tone of you know your why like you know your why and it helps you move through that imposter syndrome and that fear whenever you're faced with it and that's something that people asking like how do you stay motivated to keep eating healthy and keep exercising and I'm like I don't (laughs) I'm not always motivated to do those things but the why that I have is so I've I've figured out in all of the work that I do that my why is I am on a mission to help heal generational trauma in all that I do and helping women heal from divorce from um, helping women heal from eating disorders all of that stuff, learning how to create sustainable lifestyle habits. My why is I want to help heal generational trauma. Mm. And until I discovered that why, my progress forward or like my motivation to keep going was so fickle. Like Mm -hmm. a tough day (laughs) would knock me off my feet. Um, Do you know what your why is? Like deep down, what is that for you? Yeah, it's uh, it's super powerful to think about it that way because yeah that's that's the only thing really that keeps me and so let's just backtrack a tiny little bit so in regards to you know eating healthy exercising doing all those things like the healthy habits I wouldn't say I don't need a why but I would say I don't need to remind myself of my why anymore because it's deeply ingrained and it's part it's who I am at this point yeah um so it's that transition point for sure at some point in the journey yeah yeah uh but in terms of 
continuing to, for example, you know, like post content and I think that that I think pardon me is valuable or continuing to um, you know, pick up new clients and help them through their journey and start a podcast and all of these things that are super scary because it leaves me in a vulnerable place. The why becomes more important, obviously, mm -hmm. because I need more courage and I need more discipline for that because it's not yet something that is ingrained in me. So my why for these things is I want to help as many women as possible not have to go through the pain that I've gone through and you know the pain that I've gone through like I mentioned earlier was just as emotional and psychological as it was physical it was both and you know to a degree I had to start with the physical um, and I'm a huge believer in healing the mind through the body and I had to start there I had to I had to get to the root cause of a lot of my symptoms through nutrition and and I obviously felt better um and I felt good enough that I could start exercising and moving and doing other things and then it kind of came together and so I always tell people start with food mm. for that reason because everybody eats yep not everybody exercises not everybody goes to therapy not everybody reads the books or listens to the podcast or goes to yoga or whatever. Everybody eats. Everybody. You have to eat. So true. Wow. I love that philosophy. I love that. I, and I love what you said there with um, heal the mind through the body. Mm -hmm. Because the two pillars in my program are heal your heart and hone your health. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I bring the health into a time of healing that people would never even like they're like oh I've gone through divorce or heartbreak or trauma and I need to heal my heart internally they don't even think about how much their lack of a sleep cycle or um, lack of proper nutrition or lack of movement is affecting that healing process so I love that you said that because that resonates so much especially with the way I approach healing with my own clients and yeah um, I, I heard you mention a couple minutes ago that something that's helped you continue to move through the fear is that you've done hard things before like you faced a lot of hard things and fear before and I heard I, I think I saw on a post or something that you shared and I'm bringing this up because I have a couple clients that are in this situation and I want to selfishly pick your brain on it <laughs> um how did you quit smoking <laughs> Huge. Like yeah. I know that's kind of like a side jaunt of where we expected to go today, but I'm actually really curious because I'm sure that was a really hard thing with fear involved in it as you transitioned through it. And I mean, I have so much respect for people that come through that and I would really love to know, like, <laughs> how did you do that? But did it. Um it was kind of a fluke, to be honest. It's funny because I, I started smoking when I was really young. I grew up in Quebec City and I'm a child of the 80s. And, you know, that means I was about 12, 13 years old when the 90s were around and every kid in Quebec around that time smoked. 
So I started smoking, like I and my, both my parents smoked. So I was stealing, I was bumming cigarettes from both of them when I was like 12 years old. Wow. So I started smoking really young. Um, and I, I smoked a pack a day for almost 10 years. I quit smoking when I was 24, 25. Um, and the person I was dating at that time was a smoker. And one year on December 31st, he said, Oh, I'm going to quit smoking. You want to quit with me? And I was like, hell's no, <laughs> no, thank you. I'm not, I'm not interested. And we talked about it for a little bit. And then I decided to, well, okay, whatever. Like I'll just, I just wanted to make him shut up really, to be honest. Okay. And, and I did it. And for the weeks and the months that ensued, it was, um, it's really strange because people that have never smoked don't understand that smoking cigarette becomes a weird part of your identity mm, yeah um, I, I like that's that, that was who I was I was a smoker it's really strange but um I had to kind of reinvent who I was and and I became a lot more aware of some of my patterns um with just my mood and how I talked and things I was doing. And it was, it was really weird. It was uh, a lot more emotional than you would think because it's not like it's cigarette. It's not like I quit alcohol or, you know, methamphetamines or cocaine. Like yeah. it just, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I, and I speak about that a lot actually with my clients because some of them have, a really strong kind of foundation in terms of health and nutrition. And some of them come into my program and they, they've never really exercised. Their diet is really quite horrible. And, you know, I tell them, you're going to have to reinvent who you are and you're going to, you're going to have to kind of find a new identity. If, if you want to become this, then you have to become someone who is healthy, someone who says no to, X, Y, and Z when they know it's not going to serve them. Someone who says yes to going on a jog on a Saturday morning, someone who goes to bed at 10 PM on a Friday, you know, like it's your whole identity. It's not just one thing. It's so true. Yeah. I just, I love this. And I, I love that you brought up that topic because the, one of the clients that I have and our goal for her is to quit smoking by August. I we're she's local to me. And like, I've, I've known yeah. her for a little longer um, and we have like a relationship beyond coaching. And so I told her, I because I'm getting married in August right. and I told her, I was like, my wedding gift, I want you to quit smoking. And I like, I know that obviously like it needs to be more intrinsic than that, but like she's, in, I'm invested in as much as she is, you know, like obviously she's the one that has to do the work, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just so excited to see her come through that she's done so many amazing things in the past year she's become sober for over a year she's in her 60s and she um oh. drank her whole life was an alcoholic smoked her whole life um and she started doing yoga about a year and a half ago and she does yoga now she's in AA and she's working on quitting smoking and I think that what you said there she said to me before she's like this is going to be really hard because it literally dictates my day. Like it is my, it is who I am. Like I go out, like she said, it's going to change some things in my life um, that are just 
who I am like coffee she's like it's gonna ruin coffee for me I always drink coffee with a cigarette like it's just gonna completely change me and I just have to be ready for that and I was like it's true you do and it's kind of eerie that you said almost the exact same thing that she said that it's like it it's true it's an experience or a perspective that someone I've never smoked so I don't have that or I've never really like had to yeah. give it thought um yeah. But I have so yeah. I have so much respect for people that do have to redefine themselves in that way where like not I, I do feel like food and exercise and things are different because alcohol and like smoking and stuff, they can just be cut out, you know, like when there's an addiction oh, there. I always say that, yeah. You can just get rid of them where food is like you yeah. have to actually navigate balance. It's crazy wild the dynamics that come into repairing a relationship with food versus a relationship with like substance abuse holy we could talk about this forever so (laughs) I mean I always say this to people the relationship that you have with food is the longest relationship you'll have in your life you have it from the day that you're born from pretty much the day that you leave this earth and Mm -hmm. If you think this is just about macro and micronutrients, you're in for a big surprise. And like half of the work that I do with my clients, it's working on your relationship with yourself first, right? And so coming back often, there's a lot that stems from, you know, how we perceive our body and how our parents treated us when we were a young woman, you know, and made comments like, you know, oh, you look chubby or this and that. And both of my parents have made comments like that around me several times. And yeah, that stays. It does. Believe me, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it stays. Um, Yeah. yeah, There's a lot to that. It makes you feel... It, def- it it almost makes you define yourself for the rest of your life by those comments, unless you consciously choose to change those beliefs. Like it's where it's, mm-hmm. it's you're learning how to, you're learning how to, what is the word? Understand yourself. But it's like your understanding is so warped because of these uh, statements. So yes, they can be detrimental. And have you seen those? those posts that are like instead of this say this instead of this say this um yeah I can't think of a recent example but I can't think of one either but I I mean I really want to have kids like I want to be a mom so bad and I don't want to mess up my kids with their relationship with food like that's one of my biggest goals here like I really want to improve that so that I can pass that on because I didn't have that like my relationship with food was just largely warped as I was growing up Um, and I probably have like 35 of those posts saved in my saved posts, just like to reference someday when I'm a mom and I'm like, okay, instead of this, what do I say? (laughs) Because I need that, I need that help because I don't know, it's, it's new when we have to relearn all of that. It's new for us. And I mean, I fear messing it up all the time. I don't know. Do you, do you want to be a mom? Well, this is an... (laughs) 
holy cow how many things we could talk how about. many things can we talk about in one episode that's crazy yeah um so I, as I mentioned before I'm 39 yeah and until I was about well until last year really I had never really been certain you know mm-hmm. some some women they they know from a young age I want to get married I want to be a mother and that's something they know in their bones yeah and it's never like that and I think now I understand that the reason I wasn't like that was a little bit of a rebellion against my father and it's like that took me so long to get but my dad was very conservative very much like you know it's a woman's gift to the world and you know it's like the best thing you could ever do and it's such a beautiful experience and you'll pretty much like miss out on the best part of your life if you don't have children and and I don't know I think in a way deep down I wanted to say "Mm -mm, f you there's so much more that I can do than just be a you know I felt I felt kind of belittled by that in a way and I think also just the kind of modern wave of feminism you know I wanted to be a can I yeah. swear on probably not he yeah I wanted, you do you I've swore okay. on here I just okay. say people okay. I'm <laughs> I'm okay. Catholic and I do yoga but I also have this fire in me so just okay I love that <laughs> your own brand <laughs> yeah I'm very much my own brand <laughs> love that. Yeah. So I wanted to be, you know, a boss bitch and create my own business or whatever it was. And I don't know, I I kind of, I wasn't really digging into what I truly wanted. And also, you know, I, I had never been with a partner whom I thought could be the Mm -hmm. father that I wanted for my kids, if I ever had them. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of components to why I don't have children yet, and I'm 39. And my partner and I started talking about it last year, and we thought, man, eh, let's just see what happens. Yeah. So we're kind of on that path now. We have gotcha. been for a few months, and yeah, we'll see. Well, as I mentioned, I'm I have a deep faith, especially after everything that I've gone through, that everything happens for a reason, like mm-hmm. that everything has a timing of its own that even though we might have a plan or uh, Mm -hmm. a trajectory that we're on like I thought I was going to be a mom like Mm -hmm. three years ago (laughs) that didn't quite turn out you know things change um and if it's I truly think that if it's meant to be it'll be and I think a lot of people could resonate with the story that you shared where it's like they are just expected it is very in line with that like modern feminist view of we're expected to be the stay-at-home mom and be the mom and like have a bunch of kids and that's kind of like our only role in life and I understand the rebellion against that I think that a lot of people though have been afraid to admit that in the midst of that they still want that you know oh yeah and I know no and I'm not I'm saying it's interesting because that was you and I grew up kind of I mean I grew up a little bit behind you um I'm turning 28 in March um Mm -hmm. so you're like 10 years older than me Mm -hmm. and I grew up in 
a Catholic household where like, yeah, you get married, you have kids, you're, you welcome as many kids into the home as you possibly can. And I easily could have gone the route of like, heck no, I'm rebelling, but something in my heart didn't, you know? And for some reason, even though like my home life was chaotic, I did have, I was one of those people that's like, always know that I just want to be mom. And my friend, um, my roommate that I lived with after moving home from my divorce, she's the same way. She's like, yeah, I've just never, I don't know. She's like, you talk about it. Like you just really want to have kids and like, you just know, and I just don't know. And I think in that situation, like Mm -hmm. trusting in divine timing is so powerful in that situation because absolutely the right right thing is gonna happen wow we really got off topic where I thought we were gonna talk about this podcast episode I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I kind of knew that was gonna happen actually because I mean again we just we have so many life experiences yeah that we I love it I feel like we could literally go on for hours and I I want to but I know that we both have like time limits today um yeah. but Wow. I, I mean, we just got real deep real fast. So can you imagine if we were on this episode for like two hours where we could, oh, we could. <laughs> we could easily, yeah, we'll have, we'll have to do it again because I feel like there's so many topics and other branches that I wanted to jump on. Yeah. With. yeah that was I super guess this fun. is like, if you're listening, um, <laughs> this is like the preview, you know, they make like a movie preview. Yeah, exactly. It actually comes out. We'll find a day where we just have eight straight hours of freedom to just like (laughs) talk. And then you'll have a full on um, series of just life things that we can talk about. That's hilarious. um, Are you, you're in Canada, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Kamloops, British Columbia. Oh, you're in BC. Oh my gosh. I want to get up there so bad. Yeah. How far are you from Vancouver? Pardon? How far are you from Vancouver? four hours okay yeah very cool yeah yeah cool up here it's a small ish city and there's lots of hiking climbing lakes all the stuff I love and yeah it's amazing I bet it's cold though yeah I mean I'm from Quebec so everything's relative I guess it is colder than what you're used to probably but not as cold as Quebec City yeah Wow. I mean, I just keep craving going south because I just want, I just want sunshine. I crave sunshine on my skin. Me too. Yeah, me too. In fact, I think all of us in the uh, business program should just pitch in some money to buy a property in Costa Rica. (laughs) We should. Oh, we didn't even get to really talk about like, oh, we have so much more to talk about. Uh, I know. Yes, I agree. I literally like, I just, I'm dying for sun on my skin it hits me it always hits me around like January 15th between like January 15th and January 30th it hits me and I'm like I need out and then yeah. it's three long yeah. months <laughs> that I, I get to make it through <laughs> mild seasonal depression every year my actually my goal for next year is to go somewhere warm between January and March and work from there yeah like I've had it with the Canadian Same. winters. I literally, I, my uh, fiance, he has a retail shop, which makes it difficult because our busy season in the yeah. shop is hockey season because it's a hockey shop. Um, mm-hmm. So unfortunate, they, they don't wrap up until like March, but I literally told them, I was like, from March until end of March until July, I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, I just want to leave. And someday- oh. 
hopefully we will. But right now, you know, the phase of life we're in, not yet, but that's a goal. Anyway, well, um, I really want to thank you. I know that this was like super, not even, but kind of like surface level with how much we could talk about. But I hope that the listener was able to pull away some things that were helpful or inspiring. I know I did. <laughs> I loved talking to you. So thank you so much yeah, for taking this time. Um, I but yeah, if, if you need any more info on myself, um, on Sarah, all of our info will be in the show notes below on how to connect with us on social, how to um, connect with us to work with us one-on-one. I don't know, maybe even I have a feeling she'll probably be in one of my group sessions in the future in my own program, because I just think that what she has to offer is something so beautiful to to women in general, not just women oh. learning, learning food, but women in general who have to eat, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I love I, I would be honored. That's <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. And I guess we'll see you on the next episode soon. Yeah.